0: Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I am Steven Serta, happy to be joined this week by our guy, Zach Gunter. Zach, what's going on? This is your Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network debut, if I'm correct.
1: Yes, it is. Um, How are you doing today?
0: I'm wonderful. Um, It's the Chiefs bye week, and I've been kind of prepping the listeners kind of all last week and this week that And we're dialing things back here at the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. The Chiefs are taking a break, so we're taking a little bit of a break as well. But we still want everybody to have plenty of content to digest as we prepare for the second half of the Chiefs season. So something we're doing today, and we do this every single year on ArrowheadPride.com. So you want to be on the lookout for all those articles are coming out all this week but we do these bi-week awards. And so we take different groups w- within the Chiefs team and everybody on the Arrowhead Pride staff votes for these uh, for these award winners. And so we're going to go through some of the categories uh, here on the Chiefs Week 8 by So, uh, Zach, we're going to start with special teams MVP and kind of work our way down the list to uh, some of the more meaty uh, awards recipients. But... Special teams and it was a unanimous vote. It was punter Tommy Townsend. I've got to assume that while well, Tommy Townsend, not to discredit anything that he's done this season, um, you know, the punter being the special teams award winner. It, it seems like it's an easy bet because Harrison Butker was injured for so much of the early season.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tommy Townsend has really been the star of the show, mostly because our special teams unit hasn't really shined. But Tommy Townsend, he averages 54 yards a punt with a long of 74. He's punted 19 times and pinned the opponent inside the 20 on eight of those. He's been a consistency in the special teams unit during a very up and down year.
0: Yeah. And I I mean, we've talked plenty about that contest against the Indianapolis Colts that Yeah, I still is. The Chiefs are five and two with that one loss being the one that still really bothers me. And, you know, in the NFL season, there's those losses every year where we're like, what the hell was going on there? Like, I think last year to the Buffalo Bills losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you can point back to that Colts loss and say it had everything to do with the special teams performance in that game. And this award certainly wasn't going to go to Sky more. Uh, sorry, Sky. It's been a little bit of a struggle there on the punt returns. Um, kind of hoping that Dave Tobe is gonna to adjust that over the bye week and maybe we won't see Sky returning those punts anymore. And you know, Isaiah Pacheco's been okay on the kick returns, but really I think this award is generally this award is generally a, a kicker or punter award. And this year, Tommy Townsend takes it down. So Uh, Good for Tommy. He's having a fantastic season and hopefully he continues to keep that up in the second half for the Kansas city chiefs offensive rookie. And this one was unanimous. And I, I guess, you know, when you're kind of breaking down the chiefs draft class and the high expectations that we've had for this rookie draft class, I guess he's the only guy you could really go with. And that's rookie running back. Isaiah Pacheco, who was named the starter ahead of their week seven contest against the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, Pacheco hasn't necessarily lived up to the training camp hype. The chiefs are in a full blown running back by committee mode right now, but with him being a unanimous vote, that means you obviously voted on him too, Zach. So why do you think it was Pacheco? And why do you think he was the unanimous vote getter?
1: Well, when you break down our draft class, as you said, we only had three offensive players that we drafted. So that was um, Sky Moore, Pacheco, and offensive tackle, I always pronounce his name wrong, Darian Kennard. Or Kennard, not sure. Um, He has been inactive for every game. But with time, Pacheco could turn out to be a very good running back with 192 yards over seven weeks he's produced when he's called upon but as you said we don't really have a lot of offensive rookies to look at
0: so you know isaiah pacheco is somebody that i mentioned the training camp hype and you know it's some of it i think is on the chiefs beat reporters and some of it's you know those practices are open to the public sometimes uh, up in saint joe and not every nfl team does stuff like that anymore but he had this just unattainable hype, I feel like, going into the season where, you know, there's people leaking, oh, people in, in the Chiefs organization think he's going to be their next Kareem Hunt. And he hasn't lived up to that expectation. But as you said, like they only drafted three offensive rookies. We knew Andy Reid was going to bring Sky Moore along slow in the offense, at least here in Kansas City. I don't think that was known nationally based on all these fantasy rankings all over the place. But. Andy Reid always likes to bring his rookie wide receivers along. So like we know that about him and Darian Kennard, maybe he finds a way to get on the field later down the line and becomes a contributor, but he's been a healthy and active more often than he's actually been active for the chiefs this season. So he's a developmental project. He was a fifth round rookie offensive lineman. And so we'll see if they get something out of him in the future, but going back to Isaiah Pacheco, like, based on the preseason hype, based on the, based on the absurd expectations that we set for him as a fan base and, you know, as uh, just media coverage in general, like how do you feel about Isaiah Pacheco? And I know he was named the starter, but I don't think that means anything with the way they're rotating these running backs. So, how do you actually feel about his performance so far and him,
1: you know, clinching this bi week award as the offensive rookie for the Chiefs? You're absolutely right. Um, in that it doesn't really mean much that he was named the starter this last week. Uh, I don't think that's going to stand. I think that was just a situational um achievement for him. But I think that he is pretty pretty good for a seventh round rookie. I mean You don't really expect much out of your late, late round picks. And I remember when we drafted him, I was like, wow, we just drafted a running back. What are we doing? But I think he will turn out to be pretty, pretty decent in the future. But for now, he's just the healthy vote for this because Sky Moore is not producing on special teams and he hasn't been used a lot as a wide receiver.
0: Yeah, he's just gotten the most offensive opportunities, So he's kind of the default here for this position. And, you know, I I do think that Isaiah Pacheco has a chance to be a contributor for the Chiefs moving forward. I just think that, you know, he is a rookie seventh round draft pick. And we're seeing so far in his early career that he's got some developmental traits that he's really got to work on this offseason if we want him to actually be the one day like lead bona fide running back for this offense, specifically seeing those running lanes. uh, Maybe don't seek out contact as an NFL running back. We generally like to see guys who try to dodge tackles. And I think that's something he could definitely work on as a part of his game. Uh, Moving on defensive rookie. This one actually was got, got some mixed votes, but rookie seventh round cornerback Jalen Watson gets the nod here as chiefs defensive rookie, our bi-week award Um, George Karloftis also received a couple of votes here, and I'm curious, without knowing which way
1: you voted, Zach, was it Watson or was it Karloftis for you? It was Karloftis for me. Um, I think Watson has a really good future ahead of him. He just hasn't had as many um, plays as as Karloftis has. As a mid-seventh-round pick, not much was expected out of Watson. But he does have a 99-yard pick six. However, Loftus, for me, is the pick because um, with 17 pressures on the season, Karloftis just has to get a little bit faster to be a high-end talent. Whereas Jalen Watson, I think, needs to work on getting the passer rating that he allows at 99.5 down. So for me, it's Karloftis. Obviously the
0: expectations for George being even a late first round pick are going to be really high. And I think that for the most part, George has been really impressive this season. Maybe, you know, based on his performance in the preseason where he was really dominating some of these second and third unit offensive lines. I think the chiefs fans probably had expectations that were a little too high for him, but he's done everything that makes you think he's going to be a successful NFL player and be a contributor for the chiefs moving forward in the future. As you mentioned, he just has to do a few more things to kind of fine tune that game and continue to develop. He's a guy that I think could wind up being really huge for them late in the season. Once we get into the postseason, the playoffs and we're talking about some of these cold weather games where, you know, these teams are just exhausted after the regular season of the NFL and you have these tough contests every week in the postseason. I think George Karloftis is set up to win in a big way there because of the way that he plays, because of his motor and his relentlessness. He does just have to come come up with some some faster rushes off the edge. He needs to be a little bit more explosive there. And you know maybe that's something he doesn't figure out during his rookie season. Maybe that's something you go into the offseason, you have these NFL training teams now, and you work out with some teammates, and you figure out how to really – fine tune your body and and get acclimated to the NFL lifestyle. But I think that he could wind up coming up big for the chiefs later in the season. And I I agree with everything that you said about Jalen Watson. Uh, You know, yes, there's plenty that he needs to improve upon. There's plenty that the chiefs need him to improve upon because I think even when the secondary is healthy, Jalen Watson's done enough that he's going to have a role on this defense moving forward. And You've gotten more than you ever could have hoped for out of a seventh-round rookie cornerback. Like he has been good for the most part. Like you don't expect seventh-round rookies to step in and be starters for you after week one of the NFL season. And so, while he struggled a little bit, I, I think that he these reps for him right now are really, really valuable. So, I still think that Jalen Watson uh, can, can improve throughout the season, and that we haven't really seen the ceiling that he can bring to the Chiefs' table uh, just yet. Now, most improved player, this was the most mixed bag where there was a lot of people who uh, voted for different players here. But Colin Saunders inevitably winds up taking home the award for most improved player on the Kansas City Chiefs roster. And let's start there before we go through some of the other options and players that people decided to vote on. What have you seen from Colin Saunders this season? And why do you think that he's the one that wound up winning this award?
1: To be honest with you, I'm not quite sure. Uh, he currently sits 22 <laughs> total tackles, 11 solo, and 11 assists. He has half a sack that he recorded in the game on Sunday, and he has improved since last season, but that's not a high bar with only four tackles last season. Um, I don't believe he's improved all that much, to be completely honest with you. Well... I think that
0: he has improved. Maybe he hasn't improved more than any player on the roster. Um, But, you know, Mike Dana has been injured along the edge. And then Tershawn Wharton uh, with the season ending injury, unfortunately for him. So Colin Saunders has been kind of thrust into more of uh, this consistent weekly role. And he's at least shown an impact, which is bigger than what he's shown in years past, where I remember when the Chiefs drafted him and he was a part of that Super Bowl team You know, we kind of have been waiting years now for Colin Saunders to put it together and show some of that athleticism that we really hyped when the Kansas City Chiefs drafted him. And, you know, he's had injuries and he's had development issues, so it's nice to see him out there, but I did not vote for Colin Saunders either. Um, I voted for Chiefs linebacker Darius Harris, who... I think has been fantastic filling in for Willie Gay. It's I I know he leaves something on the table in terms of the coverage game, but that's not what he does. Like it's the same thing with Nick Bolton. When we were having the argument a couple of weeks ago about, Nick Bolton's not that good or no Nick Bolton is elite. What are you talking about? And everybody's going back and forth because they're like, oh, no, you focus on the highlight plays. But this is the stuff that he's not good at, where I think in the NFL, there's some things that players are really, really good at. And then when they get exposed, it's because those are the things that they're bad at. And sometimes they have to play into those situations. And we know Nick Bolton's not a coverage linebacker. Like, that's just not what he does well. Willie Gay is that guy but when Willie Gay is unavailable Nick Bolton gets put in more of those situations that you don't normally want to see him in and I think the same thing is true for Darius Harris but what makes both of them such a strong linebacking duo filling in for Willie Gay is that Darius Harris has shown massive flashes for the Chiefs coming in and being a great run stuffer at the linebacker position and for a guy that you know, was kind of just lingering around on the practice squad and had some injuries and stuff for him to come in and play that well over the four game Willie Gay suspension and make plays every single week where he shows up and you notice him during the game. I think that speaks a lot to his work ethic and the way he's been able to contribute to this team. So that's
1: why I selected Darius Harris. I completely agree with everything you just said. I almost voted for Darius Harris. However, I ended up being the one vote for Legereus Sneed. And that is because if you look back at um, what he really did last season, a lot of Chiefs fans were saying he's one of the best corners in the league, but that's not where he was ranked because he just wasn't showing up as much as he could have. He was getting cooked on a lot of plays, but that's not what he's doing this season. This season, he's playing a lot more on corner blitz and he's getting to the quarterback. With three sacks through six games, and I don't think that he did, um, I don't think he got a sack last game. I uh, forgot to check his stats on that. He is the top performing cornerback on the pass rush. He hasn't been performing all that well in coverage, but he has only allowed one touchdown. He is a top cornerback in the league, and that's why I think he's the answer to the most improved player.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's a bad selection at all. I I think LeJarius Need has been fantastic this season, and even his coverage grades, which I think he has improved this season, uh, again, kind of similar to Nick Bolton and Darius Harris, LeJarius Sneed has never been a great like lockdown coverage corner, but what he brings to the table is he's an incredible tackler, he's an incredible blitzer, and that's something we've seen develop over his uh, last few years in Kansas City, And now this season, he's really putting it all together and becoming a a versatile defensive weapon for Steve Spagnuolo. And so we're seeing him have an impact every single week that way as a blitzer. And as far as his coverage goes, I do think he has improved there. But I'll say we've seen recently with all the Chiefs inexperience in the secondary and the injuries that they're trying to accommodate with the personnel that they currently have. We've seen Le'Jarius need move around a little bit more where he's normally been more of just a strictly slot corner so they can utilize him on those blitzes and around the line of scrimmage. He's been moving around a lot more and covering some of these tougher wide receivers. We saw him covering Devonte Adams a little bit, uh, Uh, against the Raiders a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, he, he didn't get burned for those touchdowns. (laughs) Um, You know, those were the rookie cornerbacks. So I I do think that he's improved quite a bit in coverage. And I think there's a case to be made is in terms of secondary players for the Kansas City Chiefs defense that Lejarius Sneed is the most indispensable player there. Like they've been able to put this together and kind of make this thing work with these rookie cornerbacks in part because of Lejarius Sneed's play. So, I think that that's a really good selection. The other guys that received votes here, Tommy Towns, and we already co- uh, kind of covered. He he won special teams MVP. And uh, Juan Thornhill, who is having a nice season. I think that Juan Thornhill, it, at the very least, what you could say about his play this season is that, and he kind of did this to himself, putting out there in the preseason, like I'm trying to be an all pro, but he hasn't necessarily been that, but he does look more similar to, what he looked like as a rookie, at least over compared to what he's looked like over the last couple of years. So he stepped up and do a nice role in the defense this year. And I do think he is a uh, defensive leader in that secondary. So Juan Thornhill still having a nice year, just not quite uh, enough votes from the AP staff to win the most improved player award defensive MVP. And in my opinion, this one was pretty easy. Uh, Chris Jones takes the award home, but linebacker Nick Bolton also received a couple of votes. Lejarius Sneed, received a couple of votes, which way did you vote Zach? and how do you feel about the options that I just listed there?
1: Um, I almost went with Chris Jones and that's because he is just a staple in the, uh, in the defensive interior. He is an absolute game wrecker, but I ended up going with Nick Bolton mostly because I have to keep that one close to my heart. I'm a Mizzou Tigers fan. I've been watching him since, I mean, since he became a tiger and I mean, I absolutely despise what Twitter's been doing to him right now with just saying he's awful, he's awful. He's never been the coverage linebacker. He has always been the run-stuffing linebacker we know him as. And he's come up huge in key situations for the Chiefs. He's currently at 69 total tackles and on pace for 170 on the season. And he's currently at 15,000 or yeah, 15,000 to win defensive player of the year for the league.
0: Nick Bolton. And, you know, we've discussed plenty all of the conversation around him this season. I think that he has improved uh, from his rookie season and well, maybe he does leave some things to be desired on the field at times. Like, I do think that he's improved dramatically and he is at least very good at making the splash plays, making the impactful plays. And I think the same thing can be said about Chris Jones, where we've been talking for years about Chris Jones being terrible against the run and he's gotten better at it this season, but he's still not dominant there. Like we still see Chris Jones, kind of misplays sometimes because he's more concerned with going after the quarterback, which is what he's exceptional at, which is why he makes so much money, which is why he is such an impactful player for the Kansas City Chiefs. And he has been dominant in that role this season. So it's kind of a situation where you can't even get mad at him when he overcompensates and, you know, it kind of gives up leverage and lets a a big run go through his gap or something like that. Because he's so good at rushing the quarterback. And Nick Bolton is the same way in a similar situation where he's really good at creating the splash plays, the impactful plays. The plays when you really need it, when you really need a and a third and short, and you need him to get a stop and not allow a running back or a wide receiver to pick up yards after the catch. Like Nick Bolton has been fantastic at that. So I, I don't understand where the conversation has come from this season. I think that Nick Bolton has been totally fine when he is put in the situations. To utilize the skills that he has as a player. And you know, Lejeria Sneed receiving a vote there. Uh we, we just talked a bunch about Sneed. So I, I think that he was firmly in the mix, and I think that Sneed has in fact stepped up his play this season.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. V-A-N-29.com.
0: All right, the uh, the the meaty ones, the the big big time awards that we've been waiting on the entire episode, offensive MVP, unanimous vote winner. It's Travis Kelsey, and I don't see how you could pick anybody else. Um, because I, I think you probably know who the MVP is at this point. But Travis Kelsey, at his age, is still the best tight end in the NFL. He's still been absolutely exceptional this season, and. Despite the fact that he is drawing bracket coverage and the most attention from the opposing team's defense on a weekly basis, he's still finding ways to catch passes and make plays every single week. Leads the NFL in receiving touchdowns right now with seven on the season. He's still, I think, like seventh in receiving yards, which we've seen him finish like top three in that category before. So he's still doing pretty well for a tight end. So I don't think that uh, you'll hear any disagreement from me or Zach on Travis Kelsey.
1: Absolutely not. Uh, he is he's the glue that's kept our offense together from weeks one to six um in week seven he kind of stepped back a little and let the uh, re- uh the free agent wide receivers shine which was beautiful to see but when I was writing this up um my opinions on all these players, I thought there's no way that anyone could put a, a hold a candle to Travis Kelsey because he has just been the only player to be performing on our offense aside from Patrick Mahomes this season.
0: Yeah, he is the glue that kind of allows everything else to work. And even in last week, really, he just didn't score a touchdown. Like he was still great against San Francisco. And that was part of my cause for concern about that matchup where San Francisco personnel wise on defense matches up just about as well as any team in the NFL in terms of trying to stop Travis Kelsey, like we talk about Fred Warner and what an exceptional player he is for the 49ers. Travis Kelsey was giving him some problems on Sunday, and it just speaks to the level that he's playing at right now. He's been absolutely incredible this season and just has shown no signs of slowing down whatsoever for the Kansas City Chiefs. So he absolutely deserves the award this week. Uh, MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, Zach, it, it's hard for me to. Uh, sit here and even try to consider anybody else. We know who the MVP of this team is. Uh, He's in the conversation for NFL MVP again. He leads the NFL in passing yards right now. He leads the NFL in passing touchdowns. And it feels like Patrick Mahomes is operating at a level right now that's even above some of the other seasons that we've seen from him, which sounds absolutely ridiculous when you talk about the level of play that he's had since entering the NFL.
1: Well, when Orlando Brown is doing his best impersonation of a turnstile in weeks one to five, um, it was really hard to see Patrick Mahomes shine because he didn't have a lot of time to do so. But even then, he was still throwing touchdowns. And, I mean, no no one, nothing can stop him. He's just that good.
0: Yeah, he's been absolutely incredible this season. And, you know, last year we spent – so much time talking about how teams are playing the Chiefs different and they're taking away the big plays and it's slowing down the offense. Well, then Mahomes, you know, we saw the ups and downs last season of him trying to operate in a slower pace, more dink and dunk uh middle of the field type of offense as opposed to, you know, the big play down the field offense and we saw him struggle with that throughout the season and then of course in that uh AFC Championship game against the Cincinnati Bengals, but what he learned last season through that process is okay, well I can do operate that way at a high level and that's going to make the defense play closer. If I'm just shredding them on each and every drive for 15 plays and we're still scoring touchdowns and that's going to open things up for the stuff downfield. And I think we saw that all really kind of culminate against the San Francisco 49ers where it's when he's operating at this level where, he can hit the short he can hit the intermediate and it's going to open things up downfield this offense is going to be very tough to stop so patrick mahomes absolutely just carving up the nfl this season and we definitely continue uh, expect him to continue that into the second half of the season so those are our ap by week awards if you had any issues with uh you guys you feel like should have gotten a nod or maybe should have gotten some more votes you can leave those, but I'm going to ask that if you want us to read those and acknowledge them on next week's Arrowhead Pride Editor show, that you have to do it in our reviews, as always. We're in the five-star business, so please leave us a five-star review. And you can leave a- any gripes that you have, any any guys you feel like didn't get mentioned on the list in the review as well. We will get to those on next Monday's show uh, with Pete Tweeney and John Dixon. Zach, thank you very much for joining me. You can follow all of Zach's fantastic work. He does a lot of fantasy and betting stuff for us at arrowheadpride.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at ZachGunter08. Zach, appreciate you joining me. We'll talk to you again. Thanks for having me.